0: welcome to the happy millennials podcast the podcast where millennials come to get all the tools news tips and breakthroughs to live a happier and more fulfilling life i'm your host kyle Mackey. let's get this show started Hey everybody, Kyle Mackey here with episode 16 of the Happy Millennial Podcast. I'm Kyle Mackey, I'm your host. Let's get into today's show right away. If you've not checked out the free webinar I put on on Thursdays, The Three Secrets That Every Millennial Needs to Know About Happiness and Fulfillment, then what are you waiting for? Why have you not checked this out yet? It's free. It's every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's about helping you millennials try to recreate that life that'll bring you both happiness and fulfillment. If you've not checked it out, go to secret.happymillennialclub.com. That's secret.happymillennialclub.com. And I can't wait to have you there for that free webinar. If for some reason that time does not work for you and you would love to see this webinar at a different time, different day, then send me an email at support at happymillennialclub.com. That's support at happymillennialclub.com. because I'd be totally open to having it on another day or potentially even having two of them per week. So let me know if there's a better date and time where you would like to have this webinar go on and I'm totally opening to... Putting it on, on a different day and time with that said let's move on to the next topic on the agenda which is a free coaching if you want a free coaching session from myself a qualified life coach from the life coaching academy based out of australia and you want to do a session live on this podcast Where not only you can benefit, but so can our audience. Because if you're dealing with something, I can guarantee you this. You're not the only one. There are definitely other millennials that are going through the exact same thing. And if you are brave enough to put yourself out there. Where other people can learn from those things that you're going through. And you want to share that with others. So that they can learn as well. And we can just learn as a community. And create a happier and more fulfilling for all of us then sign up by sending me an email at podcast.happymillennialclub.com. At tell me what you're trying to accomplish and tell me why you think coaching would benefit you. And I would definitely be open to having you on this show as a guest coaching client. So if that interests you at all, send me an email again at podcast podcast.happymillennialclub.com. Tell me what you're trying to accomplish and tell me why coaching you think would be a good fit for you. But let's jump into now the happy story of the day. Tim Hortons in the USA. Yes, yes, yes. I know there is some Tim Hortons in the USA. But when I quickly saw this article, I was like, nice, another Tim Hortons story where good things happen. Because apparently at Tim Hortons, good things happen. Remember those kids who went on that donut run and then they pushed that person's car home like five miles, eight kilometers, it took them a couple hours to do so. Well, turns out that other things happen when people are getting their donuts. Well, there is this grandma. Her name is Diane. She's from Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York, not Canada. Tim Hortons in the USA. I know it's there. They're expanding all over. There's getting a lot of like a lot of beef lately because they're doing all these crazy things. They're having like these veggie burgers and like the waffle breakfast sandwich I actually had that a few months ago. It actually is pretty delicious. So if you've not tried the waffle breakfast sandwich and you're looking for a quick delicious, probably not healthy, but you're on the go and you need something quick and you want to just have something delicious, you're not on, you know, might be having your cheat day. You might be just looking for some delicious grub. The waffle breakfast sandwich from Tim Hortons is a good choice. But I do digress. I should get back to the main topic here. Diana, Grandma from Buffalo, she took an Uber ride to work one day, and the lovely lady driving that car—and I, sorry if I butcher her name—but Lamaya, I think I got that right, Lamaya Jabbar was the driver, and they got into this nice, lovely conversation on the way to work and Lamaya came to the realization that Diane was taking care of her grandchildren and because of that she wasn't able to afford to buy a new dress for church she wasn't able to buy a couple other clothes items that she needed for around the house And she was going to wait all the way until Christmas to actually buy these things for her. And given that this was posted just, a, I think, about a month ago, that's a long time to wait for a new dress and some new slippers for the house and things like that. But Lamaya was like, no, no, no. This ain't happening anymore. This woman is getting her clothes. She's getting it today. So Lamaya probably turned off her little uber ticker so she didn't get called to any other future calls and she went straight over to where did she go what is that place i'm trying to think of well she went over to a store and old navy that was it yes she went to old navy and she picked her up a dress for church and i think she got her one other thing in there too or two other little things but then there was still a couple other things that Diane needed for around the house with like the slippers and things like that. Some extra clothes. Well, Lamaya did not forget about that either. She picked up a $50 visa gift card and this is American dollar. So that's like 65 Canadian or like, yeah, 65. I'm going to go $67. That's my conversion in my head. I could be wrong, but I'm going to go $67 Canadian. If you're American, you're like, why are you telling us about the Canadian dollar price? Canadian dollar is not very good. And again, I'm taking away from Lamaya. I'm just keep on getting away from the topic today. What is going on with me? But Lamaya, great job helping Diane out, get the clothes that she was looking for, that she wanted, but she couldn't afford because she's doing a second round of motherhood, taking care of those grandchildren. And you've saved the day. What a what a beautiful woman you are taking care of this lovely lady. She posted a video of the interaction at the drive-thru and Diane was nearly in tears. She said that she was having a bad day and Lamaya changed it. She made that day just go through the roof. It was now a terrific day. One of the happiest days in recent memories. I don't know. I'm putting that out there. That's my own, my own stab at this. Round of applause for LaMaya. I'm going to do a little clap in the background. I don't know if you can hear that, but way to go, LaMaya. Good job, good job. If you couldn't hear that clapping, I definitely did some clapping. You should do some clapping too. So wherever you're at, just do some clapping for LaMaya and maybe she can hear it all the way out in Buffalo, New York. I'll post the story if you want to see the video. So check out the show notes. And I also want to give a quick shout out to sunnyskies.com. I get a lot of my... Happy stories from their website. I don't know how they come across all these amazing things that are going on in the world, but way to go to them. They are coming up with some really cool things that are going out in this world. Some very positive news. So if you ever want just a little pick me up, check out sunnyskies.com. Check out their good news, and maybe there'll be something that's better than what you're hearing in the news currently. So check them out. Moving on to today's topic. We're going to talk about happiness in the workplace. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of great information here. So I want you to pay a lot of attention to this because it could drastically improve your 40 hours a week, potentially more that you are spending at your workplace. We spend a good portion of our life working that nine to five grind. And for some of you, you might be like, I love my job. My job is the best on This planet, and if that's the case, great. Still listen anyways, because you might be able to make it even better. But for those of you who are like, I hate my job. My job is a piece of shit. I hate waking up each day. I don't want to get out of bed. I like my bed. It's better than work. My boss is a dick. I don't like my boss. He smells. He gets mad at me a lot and yells i don't like the people i work with they're so negative uh oh, these people why why these people well then this is the podcast for you now in the future i will be doing a webinar which will be specifically on this topic where we'll go in really deep but if you are not going to be able to attend that and i'm not exactly sure when it's going to happen but if you can implement the things that you learn from today's podcast right away into your daily life in that workplace, you're going to be amazed at the changes you're going to find happen within that workplace. So let's jump right into this. And I want to share a story with you about my longest employer I worked for. I worked for a gym for about nine years, long enough that they went through three name changes in the time that I worked for them. They started off as Total Fitness and then they switched to the Athletic Club. And then they got sued and then they switched to Movati. I don't really like the name Movati. The other two were cool. But three name changes in nine years. That's how long I worked for them. I started when I was sixteen and I worked there until I guess that would be twenty five. Had a lot of good experiences, some not so good experiences, but I learned a lot along the way. And if I would have known now what I knew back then, or if I would have known what I know now back then, yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to say. If I would have known what I know now, and I would have applied it back then, who knows, I could still potentially be working there today. Because there was a lot of good about this company that I worked for. Yes, the gym industry can be evil at times. This is true. Because as good intentioned as everything is, you can sometimes see that, that greed for money behind it all. But if you can sometimes walk away from the fact that all companies are trying to make money, it, 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 is, it is a fact of life that companies are trying to make money. Even nonprofits are trying to make money. Even charities are trying to make money. Good charities and good nonprofits are trying to make money. They're not trying to lose money because no company, no charity, no nonprofit, nobody wants to keep going further into debt. That is not a plan for success. The only thing with a actual company is that you're filling some owner's pockets or investors' pockets with money. But you got to come to the realization that all companies are trying to make money but some are trying to do it in good ways. So the company that I work for, when I first started working for them, I saw nothing but goodness. I saw them trying to actually make the fitness world a good place to be. But with all companies, as companies get bigger and bigger, they're a pretty big company out in Ontario now. I think they have, when I stopped working for them, about 10 gyms, I'd say they're probably like 15 or 20 gyms now. They're They're expanding a lot. They got bought out by a big U.S. company like a year or two after I stopped working for them. But I was with them through all that rapid growth. I started off at one of their really little gyms in Amherstburg, Ontario. Probably none of you know where that is unless you happen to be from Windsor or Amherstburg. If you are one of my childhood friends and you're listening to this podcast, if that is you, well, then you know where Amherstburg is. But I was working at the... The total fitness that was out there it's now a body because it changed i was a fitness instructor that's what i started off with but then when i moved to ottawa i had the great opportunity to quickly move into a new role i still was a fitness instructor and by the end of my time there i was teaching pretty much everything but for three years from the time i was 20 to the time i was about 23 i was a fitness consultant and this was an incredibly confusing, com- incredibly rewarding, a really big learning and growing time frame in my life. There was a lot of good. There was a lot of bad. But I learned a lot about myself and it, it did set me in the direction I'm in today. So when I first started off as a fitness consultant, my job was to sell personal training. To fill the personal trainer's schedules with clients so they could focus on doing what they're meant to do, which is help clients get results. And I could take away the sailing portion, which a lot of personal trainers don't enjoy doing. I could take that portion away from people. And from the concept of a gym standpoint, I think this is a great setup. I think personal trainers, they don't really enjoy selling. It's not the highlight of a personal trainer's career. So if they can just get all their clients sent to them, that is amazing. The one thing with that, though, is your trainers need to be really good if they want to keep their clients. Because we don't really focus on them trying to improve their selling ability. So their skills have to speak for themselves, especially when it comes to renewals. But when I started off as a fitness consultant, I... My goal was to sell personal training to help people try to improve their body, their overall physique, their general conditioning so they could keep moving through life, doing everything that they want to do. They go into their old age, having that strength, that mobility to keep up with the day-to-day grind that's all put at them. Everything was really well intended at start. But as time went on and I was making more and more money, things definitely started to shift. And as things started to shift, my feelings towards the company definitely greatly changed. I will say that there was some changes within the company because as they were growing, the way it started off and the way it finished were definitely different. But part of the problem and a lot of the problem was actually myself. And I think a lot of people will put that blame on their company being the reason why they hate the place that they're working. But if you actually take a really deep dive into what's going on a lot of it starts from yourself again a company can do a lot to improve an environment to make it a better place to be but a lot of your happiness and fulfillment from a company is gonna come from within so let's start off from the beginning what did I like about working for at that time when I was a fitness consultant would have been uh, the athletic club so what did I like about the athletic club Well, first I was constantly growing. I was constantly trying to be a better fitness consultant each and every day. Pretty much every day, I would do my fitness consultations that I worked, and then I would sit down with the manager of my own choice. This was not a requirement. I just wanted to try to keep getting better. I would go over my consults. I'd move into the office. I'd ask my manager if we could pick apart one of the sessions, and we'd go over one of my sessions that I had. And every single day, it seemed like I was getting constantly better and better and better and better. And it got to the point where I was becoming one of the best salespeople in the company. I was selling, I think on average, in the $40,000 a month range. Over a three-year period, I sold about a million dollars. The goal was to hit $45,000 every single month because that got me my biggest bonus. I got like a $2,000 bonus plus I got my 10% commission or I think even 11% commission when I was at the highest pay scale plus my hourly wage. I was making really good money. But we'd go in and we'd pick it all apart and we'd try to make it so I would keep on improving. Well, that constant growth each and every day really keeps you excited. It makes you want to go in that next day and see if what you picked apart from that day ahead can actually make that little bit of improvement. If you can sell that little bit more, if you can get more people trying to improve their overall body, if you can use these new tools and stuff to help people see what it is that they actually need in life to have the best success when it comes to their overall fitness. So every single day, I was constantly growing. Eventually, I even got some certifications to back up my knowledge even more of the fitness industry. Because at the time, I just had a spinning certification. But by the end of it, I had a bunch of different uh, fitness certifications, including like my personal training. So now I really understood what it was that I was trying to sell to people because I actually had that qualification of a personal uh, trainer. And so that kept things exciting for me probably the first year or two was that constant never-ending improvement i was constantly growing each and every day something that you need within the workplace and to start as well i love the people i worked with i had some incredible colleagues i had um, uh, two or three other fitness consultants that i worked with and they were just incredible It was awesome to just, you know, do your consultations for the day. And if the other people are still around, you know, you head over into their office and you just shoot the shit for, you know, half hour, hour. You might go for a drink afterwards. We just got along so well that we could chat for hours about anything. And it was just enjoyable to be around them. It wasn't like a chore. It wasn't like you're just here to be with these people. It it was like a little bit of a family. And the fact that we would actually spend time together outside of work, we would go to like karaoke. I went to one of their weddings. It was just a really good environment to be around. And I also love the people that like the trainers that I worked with and a lot of the clients that came in and the people that I did fitness consultations with, a lot of them were incredible people be able to have that connection and you know, share my passion for fitness with them. Um, it was a really rewarding environment, just being able to make those daily connections. Being able to share my passion for fitness and the love of what I was doing with others just made the environment such an incredible place to be. And then at the beginning as well, I felt like I was making a huge impact in some of these people's lives. There was nothing better than when you see somebody that you sold personal training to see their end results, see the new body they have, that new Sports car to drive them around. They have that Maserati body, that Lamborghini body, that Porsche body. I just went down a class. I don't know why I went down to Porsche. Apparently, Porsches are one of the least liked cars within the first month of purchase. I don't know why that is. Something that I heard not too long ago, but people who buy Porsches regret that within 30 days. So don't buy a Porsche. That's the message of this whole podcast. Don't buy a Porsche. No, but seriously, there is nothing better than seeing those results and knowing that it was making a positive impact in these people's lives. They were getting their health back. They were able to keep up with their children. They were able to do the things that they love and they knew that they'd have that strength and that mobility as they move into their old age, seeing them potentially lose like 50, 100 pounds. Just incredible. These transformations that people have when they work with trainers can sometimes be absolutely out of this world. Like working with a personal trainer can get you incredible results, especially if you get a really good personal trainer. So this is how it was for the first year, maybe two years I was working as a fitness consultant. But it didn't last forever. And yes, there were things that changed within the company that might have made it so I wasn't focusing on the right things. But when I actually look back at it, a lot of the reasons why I wasn't loving this job in the end was a lot of internal struggles I was dealing with. So the growth that I was having at the beginning, it didn't last forever. At a certain point I plateaued in that $40,000 a month range, but really there was nothing else to work towards. I was already usually top one, top two in the company. Ottawa market was by far the busiest market, so it wasn't hard to stand out from the rest of the province. But at the same time, it was pretty much me competing against the two other fitness consultants that worked in the same building as me, and we just killed it. But I would usually be number one or number two within the company because if you're number one or number two in that one place, you were number one or two in the whole company. Again, when you're selling $45,000 a month of personal training, that's... $4,500 $4,500 commission, $2,000 bonus, you already get $6,500 right there. And then you get your hourly wage on top of that. Like I was killing it. What did I need to grow anymore? I just sort of settled. In fact, I was making so much money. I was just like, why even be in school anymore? I dropped out of school. I, it took me almost eight years to finish my university degree because I dropped out of school and then I didn't go back into it for quite a few years. And I wasn't even trying to improve myself anymore. I wasn't doing any more certifications. I was just trying to be a baller with all that money. And I tried to live uh, you know, a fun life. I gambled a lot. I ended up buying an ice cream store in one of those years that I had the uh when I was making all this money. So I gambled a lot that summer, probably upwards of ten thousand dollars. Which is a lot of money, about hundred and fifty dollars, I'd say four or four nights a week. So what I was gambling, when I owned the ice cream store, there was no excitement because I wasn't trying to grow anymore. So I went to different means and I had so much money that I was just like, who gives a shit? I was partying a lot. It was fun. And I've made some good friendships out of it. We don't party as much together, but they're really good friendships that I have cherished to this day. So that was a good thing that came out of it. But. You know, partying was more so like that temporary high, that excitement for that night. But I was partying so hard. I was like blacking out most of the times I would drink. And then I would sleep around a lot. And a lot, I, there was one woman that I was considering, we were considering starting a relationship. And one of the reasons why we didn't even pursue was because she didn't like how much I had slept around in the past. So, I was trying to find this excitement through other means because the growth was no longer there. But that wasn't the only thing that was missing. That passion, that love for you know what I was doing for the people around me, it started to fade away. When there were starting to be some changes within the company, there started to be a little bit of negative energy amongst the employees that I was working with. And at the same time, we ended up getting in a new f- sales uh, fitness consultant who we viewed as extremely nasty. And that's where our attention went. When it was us original three or four of us, it was three of the fourth actually ended up becoming the manager and then he kept the three until they brought in the fourth. But the three of us, we were really respectful of each other. We really enjoyed spending each other's time together. And like we would not steal sales from each other. If somebody did the fitness consultant and the other person was just not around, they wouldn't go and try to snag that sale if they happened to come to the front desk and didn't go back to the consultant. Like we had a really good, you know, community of us working together and we were respectful of each other. We enjoyed spending time to each other with each other. But then we had this fourth person come in. I can't remember her name, but even if I did, I probably shouldn't say that on the podcast because that would be not very nice. But she would try to steal every sale of ours she could. She would try to get every single consultation she could. She like schmooze these uh, people who are selling the, manage- the memberships to try to get those people into her doors rather than ours, anything that was a good quality sale, her sales went sky high. She was getting into like the 50s and $60,000 a month sales, which is astronomical. I think my best month was just over 50 and she was doing it. But as a whole, as a team, the sales drastically dropped. So even though she was doing amazing, the team, the morale dropped so low that we weren't doing as well. The passion between us, our relationships started to dwindle a little bit. But if the three of us would have stuck together as a team and just brought each other up and not focused our attention on this negative individual and the changes that the company was making, it probably would have still been an amazing environment to be in. I still loved connecting with the people that would come into my door often, because sometimes you'd have amazing conversations. But since so much of my net energy was getting sucked away from this negative, like, colossal hurricane just bashing through the whole gym studio, that really took a negative effect on the environment that I was in. And that passion, that love for what I was once doing was starting to dwindle away. And then lastly, there is the thought of making that impact. When I first got into this, the intention was pure. I was trying to help people get those bodies that they dreamed of. They Trying to help them you know, set themselves up for a good future so they could keep up with their kids. They could go into their old age and be able to have that strength and that lifestyle that they needed to just be as healthy as possible. But in the end, especially when I wasn't really loving the people I was working with and I didn't feel like I was growing at that point. All I was trying to do was sell whatever I could sell to make money. And that changed it all. That is probably when I got to my lowest points, when I started gambling the most, when I probably was partying the most, I also stopped running track and field by then, which was a big driving factor for quite a few years. Got a lot heavier, you know, then I was just coaching, which is probably the, the, most impactful thing I was doing at the time. And the one thing that really kept me going was coaching track and field. Thank God I had for that or who knows where things would have went. But as far as working for this company, I didn't, I did not see the passion, the joy, anything behind it anymore. And I don't know if I noticed it as much back then as I do now, but when I look back on it, it was not a good environment to be in. I eventually asked for a leave of absence, went traveling for 11 months. And that's where I really started to realize what is important in a work environment in your life that'll actually bring you that happiness and fulfillment. And it comes down to those three areas that I've been talking about. What was once good and then turned bad. But again, a lot of that had to do with just where I was focusing my energy and focusing my attention. If I would have never stopped trying to grow, if I would have just kept on, you know, doing new certifications and keep having those meetings with my managers just to see how I can keep improving. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing something. There's always... A place where you can improve upon whether it's little or big whether it's a huge goal you're working towards or just something little like i could have set myself my sights on becoming a personal training manager i definitely probably was on the right trajectory they were opening more clubs over and over i was already at my third club by then when i was working at the final one and i knew they were opening another two or three in ottawa so i could have definitely set my sights on becoming a personal training manager where then i could have control over to make sure that those personal trainers that were you know helping these people were the best quality trainers possible and that the people are selling it were doing the most ethical and you know quality job to make sure that they're getting in the proper clients and not just selling them the biggest packages possible i remember once i sold a mother and i sort of regret doing this because I knew she couldn't afford it. But I got her hooked. I got her to buy 144 sessions, which is like a $10,000 package and she couldn't afford it. And before the package is over, she was sent to collection and collection is, in my opinion, stupid because you're sending somebody to collection. You're ruining their credit. You're hurting their, You're giving them so much stress They don't end up getting the results that they want because they're so stressed out. They'll probably go back to their bad habits, eating poorly, things like that. Sending somebody who is trying to improve their life to collections is one of the worst things. Stop their training, sure. But to send somebody to collection, you are essentially making like 10, 15% of the dollar. And the rest is going to the collection agency because they're bidding on these packages. And whoever gets the most out of it, essentially, that's what they make. So... They'll get 10% or 15%. You'll get the company will get 10 to 15%, and the collection agency will get the rest. So I wasn't feeling um, great about that sort of stuff. But I could have had those goals of trying to become that manager, trying to, you know, maybe be a personal trainer at one point in that company. I could have set my sight on something different. As long as I still had something that I was keep working at each and every day, as soon as I lost that little bit, I didn't have school to focus on. I didn't have track to try to become better at. I didn't have um, a job that I was trying to get better at each and every day. I was just stagnant. If you're not growing, you're dying. So the one thing that I'm going to put out here as a way that you can constantly try to improve each day, and this is something that you can implement instantly, is try to think of the tasks that you do each and every day. We all need to be working towards something. At the moment when you feel like you're not working towards anything anymore, that's when things get really tough to push through. So look at your life or look at your career. Maybe you have some aspiration to become some high-up manager. And if you do, sure, have that on there. But that is so far away. And often the reason why we struggle and feel like we're not going anywhere is because our goals are so far down the future that we can't see how we're actually going to get there but if you set yourself a daily goal and you try to work upon it, you pick one thing apart and you improve upon it. Sales is a good example, but I'm sure there's many different areas of your life where, or your career where you can improve things. But in that sales example, you know, I have my consultation, I take apart one of them and I talk about it with my manager and how I can improve, what went right, what went wrong. And then you try to improve it. You come up with a plan to improve upon it. But maybe there is a certain task that you do each day. Maybe you write a little article for your company's blog. And you're trying to see how you can make your writing better each and every day. So, Or you take apart one paragraph and you analyze it and see what you could have done on that one paragraph to make it just pop out a little bit more. might take 15 minutes out of your day, but that little exercise to try to improve upon this little piece of your day-to-day tasks and responsibilities will actually make you feel like you're getting better each and every day. And that feeling of constantly improving is what actually makes you stay motivated and keep moving in that right direction. When you feel like you're so far apart from that next stepping stone, that's when you start to feel like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I here? What am I working towards? What I want is so far away. I feel lost and confused. So you got to have daily little goals and you're constantly trying to improve upon. And the moment you hit one, you're constantly on to the next one. Never settle, never think that there is nothing more to work towards because the moment there's nothing else to work towards, you're going to start dying where you're at. And nothing worse than feeling like you're dying in your workplace. The next thing is that passion. There are many different areas in a workplace where you can feel passion for. I think one of the best ways to have passion is with the people. Because as humans, we have this need to connect with others. You could be the most introverted person out there you still want to be able to connect with people going to work each and every day and not connecting with anybody is going to start to feel very lonely after a while and there are going to be people that you work with that are not good people to try to spend more time with those negative people those pessimistic the ones that are not bringing you up they're bringing you down that are talking about all the bad shit that's going on at work those are the people you want to get around the people who are toxic i had that toxic employee that tried to steal the sales we did not enjoy talking with her, but our attention went to her. If we would have focused our attention back on us, it might have been great. So, if there's somebody in your workplace that is just draining energy out of you each and every day, remove them. Yes, you can't fire them. You're probably another employee. You're not their manager. Maybe they are your boss. Try to spend as little time as possible around them. Focus in on the people that you love there. But if people are not enough, you can always focus on the tasks that you really love. Be like, Oh, I don't love this task, but once I get through this, I get to the task that I enjoy doing. It might be you are passionate about the impact that you're making in the world, the results that you're having, the growth that you're having the development, but focus on the things that you actually feel passionate about don't focus on the things that are draining you so if I can challenge you here with one thing to try to improve your overall passion within the environment is Focus on, choose one of the things that you do feel passionate about within your work. If it's a certain task that you do, how can you make this task be a bigger part of your overall job? Or if it's certain people, how can you spend more time with the people that you actually love being around? So maybe if it's people, maybe you want to start a company softball team. They don't have that yet. Well, that's a great way to spend more time with the people that you actually want to spend time with. You put together a team, you invite the people that you want to be there, and you make it a positive environment to be You know, one night a week after work. But then that'll be stories and stuff that you can bring back to work, and you get closer with those people, and you just want to be there more because it'll feel like a family, a community. So think of a way, something that you're passionate about, and how can you make this passion be more present? Focus on the passion, the things that you actually want within the company, and make that your focus. Yes, you're still gonna to have to do tasks occasionally that you don't like. But if you focus on the things that you do like, you'll be able to move past those quicker to get to the things that you actually wanna do. Same thing with everything else. Focus on the passion that you actually have for what you're doing. And lastly is the impact. Again, when I started off, I focused on helping people, making a bigger difference in their life. If I would have never changed my focus from the impact I was making, to the dollar bills. And it might've been because I didn't have complete faith in some of the trainers that we had. And at a certain point, they didn't want us giving clients to the established trainers anymore because by that point, they should have been able to get their own clients or at least retain a lot of their clients. But a lot of the new trainers were not to the same quality, what I say as the originals. And I didn't feel like sending it to these other people was actually helping these people as much. So at a certain point, it's just like, I'm just going to sell this. I'm actually going to try to avoid these people for the next 10 days after I sell a personal training package, just so that way there's nothing on me anymore. I'm going to sell, set up, and I'm a ghost for 10 days. So if anything goes disarray, because that's the cancellation period is 10 days. Focus on the money, get my money in my pocket, and move on. That was the end of it all. The moment I wasn't helping people anymore, and I was just trying to help myself, the joy that I got from my day-to-day there just went away with it. So you need to ask yourself, how am I bringing value to the company? What impact am I making? The odds are if you don't like your job, it's that you don't feel you're bringing any value to the work. You're not making any positive impact in the company or your community or whatever it is. And if this is the case, That's a major problem. So it needs to be addressed. There is a reason your company exists. It is doing something beneficial to the world to help the world do what it does. Even if you work for an oil company. I worked in the oil sands in Alberta for a while. And I could have said, like, that is the worst thing possible because I'm helping oil be produced, which is potentially causing global warming in this world. But there's still people there and they need to live the best quality lives. And my job was to try to improve upon their lives. So focus on the impact I was making, which was helping people in this environment who are doing this to, you know, help provide for their families. Make it so they can live the best quality of life possible. And that's what I was doing as a fitness recreation coordinator. You know, you're turning a bad situation into a good situation. So yes, I saw the dollar bills being the focus for this gym as it got bigger and bigger and not the quality of the personal training being the focus later on. But I could have still put myself to the higher standard and made it that I'm going to make sure that these people get the right trainer, the right prescription of package, and they're going to get the best results possible. If I would have done that, I probably could have kept being a fitness consultant to today. If I wouldn't have changed that focus. So what can you do? First off, Understand what your company is trying to accomplish. See what what positive impact they're making somewhere in the world. Because the odds are they have a positive impact in some sort of way. Especially in today's day and age, most companies are trying to make some sort of social benefit. If you're not aware of it, become aware. Because that social benefit that your company is making to the world will make you feel better about the work that you're doing. But secondly, if you feel that your company and the tasks that you're doing within it is bringing no value to either the company, to the community, you feel like your tasks are just the lowest on the totem pole and that there is no purpose for it. This is what I would challenge you to do. I challenge you to bring this up with your manager because the truth of the matter is if your task has no value and your manager cannot see, make you see you what value you bring doing that tasks that task should be wiped away and that is the truth of the matter because every task that is done in a company should have value if it has no value it should not be present because the thing is if it has no value it's wasting both the company's money and your time and money so I challenge you that if you think that something you're doing is bringing no value to the company, the best thing you can do is bring it to your company's attention. But don't just bring it to the attention and be like, I think what I'm doing is bringing no value. You need to come forward with a solution. You need to come forward with a idea of how you can bring more value to what it is you're doing. If you don't see the value and you don't think there is a way to bring value, bring it to the attention and try to get that task completely removed. If they don't have a way that it's bringing value, they should say, if they are even slightly competent as a manager, if they believe that it has no value, then there should be no reason for that task. So again, look at what you're doing. And if there are certain things that you think are bringing no value to the company, the last thing you want to do is keep doing those things. Because your work has purpose. Your work has meaning behind it. And if you can't see it, you're not going to feel good about what you're doing. You were put on this planet for a reason. And if you feel like you're not even coming close to what it is, because your work is of zero value to the world, it's likely that somebody hasn't shared with you what that value actually is. And if they haven't shared it to you, fail on their behalf, but it's also slightly a fail on yours for not figuring out what it is, but ultimately. There is value behind what you do. And if there isn't, bring it forward because there should be. And if your company is even slightly a good company, if you're not bringing value, they should find you new tasks. Because if they're doing a good job as a manager, if they're doing a good job running a company, the goal of any manager is to get the most value out of their employees. It's not to make your life a living hell. They want you to ideally come to work, do good work, leave with money in your pocket. Sure, I'm sure there are some companies out there that would rather not pay you at all. But good employers want you to feel like you're being valued, that you're making a positive impact in that company, that it's a good environment to be around and that you can have a good connection with your fellow coworkers and uh you know, bosses and things like that. And that you have a way of constantly improving. If you can constantly be improving, having that little bit of growth in your day-to-day life, even if that big term goal is so far away and you feel like it's out of reach right now, use it as a way to constantly keep bettering yourself. Have that passion, connect with people around you or have passion for other aspects of your day-to-day job. And then figure out what your impact is. If you can't figure out what it is, come up with a plan to make more impact within your company no quality manager will say no to you bringing a bigger impact to the company so that's what i have to say if you can implement just these three simple things it is going to drastically improve your overall feelings at work your satisfactory satisfaction level at work is going to drastically improve and a job that you might be thinking about you wanting to quit, that you want to leave, that you want to find something new, might eventually turn into something that you want to stick around with. If I would have made all these changes to my mentality of how working for the Athletic Club was now the now Movati, who knows? I could still potentially be there today if they didn't make any other changes. So take a glance at the way you're working in, and see how you can just make your work environment better. I guarantee if you implement these, you will see Tremendous change in your day-to-day work life. But let's move on to the last portion of today's podcast. Get to know the host. And this is the random questions of the days. Of the day, not days. So the first question is, if you won $1 million playing the lottery, what would you do? I feel like I answered a question similar to this not too long ago. But no matter what, if I won a million dollars playing the lottery, which I don't play anymore because I try to stay away from gambling, as you would have heard in this podcast and probably some other ones, I used to gamble quite a bit. Um, So I don't really gamble. But if I did, if I was playing the lottery or if somebody gave me a free lottery ticket and I won a million dollars, traveling would be a big part of that million dollars. I would buy a tiny house, maybe a couple, one, a houseboat tiny house. And then I would use the rest of it to really try to amplify my business and try to grow it as big as possible to help as many people. Because I think even if I want a million dollars, I would still want to be doing what it is that I'm doing. And the only difference this would be I want to do some more traveling, traveling and have a tiny house of my own. Those would be the things that I would do with a million dollars. Number two, what is the best part of your day? Best part of my day. That's tough to say because every day is slightly different. I start off with my morning routine, which is always a great way to start. But the best part of the day, I don't know, it's different every day. Like I I really enjoy making these podcasts, but I only do that once a week, generally speaking. I try to do that on Fridays for the next week. So it's Friday right now doing it for next week um but the best part of my day i would say is probably just the last little bit before i go to bed and i get a little bit of time to relax or actually no that is not it that is definitely not it the best time of the day is when i get to connect with other people so like when i'm at why yoga teaching a class? I love it. After the class, when I go and talk with people at the front desk, because I've made some good friendships there. But just getting to like stand around and chat with uh, the front desk staff or whoever it might be, whether it's somebody in my class, but getting to connect with people. I don't know why I didn't say that first. Because at the end of the day, I actually prefer I'm still doing stuff. I'd rather be busy. We're not busy. Just be with people. I love being with people. So. I don't know why I didn't answer this sooner, but the number one thing I'd want to do is be with more people. That's the best part of the day. And last thing is to finish. Come on, I clicked you. Okay. What is your dream job? Well, I'm pretty close to my dream job. The biggest thing, though, if I had absolutely the job the way I'd want it to be, I would spend most of my days on stage. I think that public speaking is an incredibly rewarding thing to do. I think it's extremely impactful because you can impact the largest amount of people at a single time. So, if I had my dream job, it would likely be just spending more time doing public speaking than anything else. I'm enjoying this podcasting, so that would be part of it. And coaching, I think, would definitely still always stay part of it. I don't know if I would do as much online webinars because I just I like being in person so in person with people connecting from a public stage public speaking number one thing that would be it and allows me to travel the world because I'd like to do that too So that is it. Those are the three random questions for the day. And that is episode 16 of the Happy Millennial Podcast. Before we go, I just want to quickly remind you that if you have not checked out the three secrets that every millennial needs to know about happiness and fulfillment, the free webinar that I put on on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, check it out at secret.happymillennialclub.com. Sign up if that time and date does not work for you and you'd like to see it on a different date and time feel free to send me an email at support at happymillennialclub.com. And if you want a free coaching session where I help you get to whatever future you'd like to create that'll bring you both happiness and fulfillment, then send me an email at podcast at happymillennialclub.com and tell me what it is that you're trying to accomplish and why you think coaching would help. And I would be more than happy to have you on as a guest coaching client. But that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you were able to take something away and I hope you can implement what you learned into your daily life at work. And if you notice that starts to make any changes, if your workplace starts to improve just by making these few changes, send me an email at podcast at happymelanoclub.com and let me know how it's impacted you. I'd love to hear your success stories. But that's it for today. Have yourselves a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. And I can't wait to see you all again or speak with you all again at monday's podcast podcast number 17 have a great day great weekend talk to y'all soon